The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Grow old along with me. The best is yet to be the last of life for which the first was made. Robert Browning wrote that, and my husband gave it to me on a little plaque when he proposed 23 years ago. But for a whole lot of people, that last of life is no great shakes. And if you would like to hedge your bets for truly poetic aging, and that means being really healthy as long as you live, you are in the right place today. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Program. I am your host, Victoria Moran. And I am so looking forward to this program because a couple of my favorite people are joining us, a new favorite and a longtime favorite. After the break, we'll be speaking with Janie Goddard. National Health Magazine calls her UK's leading natural youth guru. Ah, and I had a wonderful, wonderful luncheon meeting with her when I was in London last month and was trying to figure out how to get her on the show because I'm booked really far out, but fate would have it (laughs) that today opened up, so I'm just thrilled to be introducing you to Janie. And in our first segment, I'm going to be reintroducing you, if you've listened for a while, to the gentleman who actually holds the record for the most emails and comments and posts of people writing to me and saying, we love this guy, have him back again. And so I do. (laughs) This is at least his fourth appearance on the show. Maybe it's number five. And he is my personal health guru. This is the doctor I have on speed dial. And he is Frank Sabatino, DC, PhD. He's director of the Balance for Life Retreat Program in Deerfield Beach. Florida. In addition to being a chiropractic physician, he has a PhD in cell biology and neuroendocrinology from Emory University School of Medicine. And just because he's smart and knows a lot doesn't mean that he can't explain it to everybody else in ways we can understand too, which is part of why I love talking to him and I know you will too. Welcome, Dr. Frank. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be on the show with you. 
Well, it's wonderful to hear what you have to say. Now, I know that today's show is going to be about living well all our lives and kind of turning back the clock. I know that you know Janie very well in her book, Rewind Your Body Clock. And you have information from all of your study of, of cell biology and neuroendocrinology of how this is not just some kind of wishful thinking. We really can rewind. So how did you first get interested in this line of thinking? Well, I got interested because I had been involved with doing um, a lot of therapeutic water-only fasting for many years. And, of course, we see a kind of a youthfulness, a kind of a rejuvenation that kind of occurs through that process. And then when I had the opportunity to do the scientific research that I did, when I finished, I got offered an amazing postdoc opportunity at the University of Texas, which at that time was the, the largest aging, anti-aging research center in the world. Got a chance to, they did the pioneer work on calorie restriction and aging, where they were some of the first people to observe that when you just reduce a certain percentage of calories in mammals, they can live as much as 50% longer. So it, it, it drove scientists uh, over the edge, over this rainbow, to try to understand how such a simple manipulation as just calorie restriction could modify such a remarkable process of longevity. So I was able to get involved in that, and it really uh, it was an eye-opener for me. I worked with some amazing people, and I learned a lot, and I contributed a lot, and, and that's been the foundation from that point forward of a lot of these ideas of intermittent fasting and some of these approaches that people are taking today in, in an attempt to modify the aging process. Well, Dr. Frank, I love modifying the aging process, but when you say calorie restriction, all my hackles come up. And it reminds yeah. me of all those diets I used to be on in my early life. How do we juxtapose what we need to do to stay young with enjoying life while we're here? Oh, well, here's, that's, here's the interesting thing about that. When, when, when you take those animals that they did in those studies and you're restricting calories, what we find is, is there a model in the real world that somehow mimics that without the sense of deprivation and restriction. And as it turns out, there is. And our good friend, the vegan plant-based lifestyle, because when you're eating a diet that is basically fruits and vegetables as we do, this is a diet that has an inherent foundation of low calorie density while providing all the nutrient density. So you can eat large volumes of those foods and still maintain a kind of calorie restriction model. So you're getting the best of the aging research without the feeling of deprivation and lack. And to me, that's a remarkable observation. In fact, I'll go even further. Everything we know about the mechanisms of how those animals were living longer based on that model of calorie restriction, there were many models that came out as to how that would occur. As it turns out, Eating in a plant-based manner satisfies and achieves every one of those models without anyone even thinking about it. So you've got the best approach from a nutritional standpoint to promote remarkable quality and functional aging without having to participate in that mentality as you mentioned that tends to make people feel incarcerated by this idea of restriction and the way diets have always been presented, which is really really in a very poor and, and, and really challenging way for most people. 
Oh, I should say so. And I also want to mention whenever one of my scientists is on the show and talks about animal research, I want to be really clear. This is a vegan program. I categorically oppose animal research at all times in all forms. However, in line with Dr. Campbell, and I think most of our other uh, vegan uh, researchers and physicians, if that work was already done and it looks to have any relevance um, at all, I don't mind that we talk about it, but I want to be real clear that um, I, I oppose animal research. So just yeah, so me, that's me, out there. Look, look, for someone who spent, you know, it's been a long time ago, but for someone who spent the time that I did in that research, what I liked about that phase of research, and I just want to make one small comment, and I think the viewers will appreciate this. The goal of those studies was to do everything we could to keep those animals alive as long as possible. In fact, 50% longer than most animals would naturally live and die. So the beautiful part of that research was those animals were handled with such kid gloves in just watching them just live and eat without really modifying and manipulating them in any way because they really couldn't be touched. And so that research struck the best chord in me in anything that I've ever participated in because the goal was to keep them alive, not to harm them in any way. Well, that's good, but I still, <laughs> no, I, I I'm a PETA person. I'm you know, animals you. are not ours to eat, wear, experiment on, or use for entertainment. So we'll just leave that there, just so the listeners know where everybody's coming from. So right now, in the real world of what do you tell somebody who's, you know, 35, 40, 50, 60, and is kind of seeing the horizon over there, give us three top suggestions for making the aging process from there on out work the best? Well, I think from a nutritional standpoint, they've got to get rid of the really processed, I mean, it's common sense, but they've got to really get rid of the processed oils, cooked oils that become transformed and oxidized, basically coming down to what we call oxidative stress and inflammatory stress. And as it turns out, when you're eating a more junk food processed diet or a diet that's loaded with animal-based products, you're creating this incredibly aging, inflammatory, and oxidative stress. So I would say the first thing is to go plant-based. Or I, I don't even want to use the word based. I'm going to say go plant-exclusive. I, I think you need to just really lock in and realize that there is no place for those other foods in the diet. So I would say that's one approach. The second is um, really moving the body. Movement is such a critical piece at every stage and age, and, and probably a lot of your readers realize that now sedentary behavior has become kind of the new risk uh, associated with smoking. I mean, we, we are an animal that is built to move, and the chemical and aging changes that occur are uh, remarkable with simple programs of movement, just walking. And I'd say the third thing is finding that balance to deal with the incredible hectic pace and chatter of our lives. So some degree of somehow managing and, and modifying the stressful events and situations that we all have to encounter so that we can find that little bit of sense of inner peace that we can then bring to our relationships and our community connections. And so I would say those three things, when you start looking at all of the research center around things that are going to be very helpful for extending not only the years of life, but what I like to call functional aging, where you have 
more ability to respond to change and chaos. You have a resilience in the face of change, and then you have an ability to perform at a very high level, even at very advanced stages and ages of life. That is so exciting. And you know, as you talk about the stress and that, I had an experience that I'm surprised I didn't tell you, because usually I tell you if I ever feel bad. <laughs> but just before I went to London last month, I, my stomach was just a mess. I felt like I couldn't digest anything. I actually tried to postpone my trip for a day, and the airline said it would be another $6,000, <laughs> which oh, is like oh, yeah. many, many times more than the original ticket. So I just went. And once I got there and felt that the stress of everything I'd been dealing with here, because, you know, I always work hard, and then I've taken on some extra things lately, and I was kind of working around the clock, and it was just like I had this almost miracle healing. It took a few days to just have that stress lift. So I know that you've done a lot of work on the whole kind of gut-brain connection and, and what our thinking and feeling has to do with our digestion and then what our gut has to do with our memory. So fill us in. Just give us the lecture on that. <laughs> well, you know, it's intriguing because, you know, I get I, I get excited about when I really start seeing this incredible wisdom of the body and how it manifests in all of its panorama of connections and dialogues and communications. And, you know, you've got to pose the question, because when you look at the human body, you realize that we have about 10 trillion cells, but we have a teeming garden of about 100 trillion bacteria, microbes, and so on that live within us. So there's an entire universe that outnumbers us, uh, you know, 10 trillion, 100, 10, 100 trillion to one. And you've got to pose the question, why would we have such, an, uh, such a thing happening within us? And we come to find out that, that that teeming garden that lives within us is in a constant state of communication with our nervous systems that operate in the gut and in our brain and even producing chemicals that are used in a dialogue to kind of establish all kinds of vitamin connections and nutritional connections and affecting mental health and affecting cardiovascular health and affecting us on so many levels. And so I, I, I get so excited to, to see that dynamic. And then it's even more exciting to realize that again, and I know I keep coming back to this because it's such a big piece, but when you're eating in that very vegan plant-based manner, you're actually feeding that garden. You're feeding that universe the best that they can do. And the, the reward of that is then they feed us in a way that establishes incredible integrity in every system of the body and affecting everything from bowel health to heart health to brain health and even having an epigenetic effect affecting the genetic machinery that we have. The microbes in our own body have 200 times more genetic material than our own genetic material. So they're expressing this, in, this incredible intelligence and activity. We're feeding it, and then we're benefiting from that communication with them. And it's funny to me, because now there's a whole series of psychologists, psychiatrists that are treating conditions of mental health, like anxiety, depression, uh, even cognitive deficits, by realizing that they need to balance the bowel. If you think about it, serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that's involved in depression, only 5% of it is in the brain. 95% of it is in the gut. 
So you have to pose the question, why would we have this incredible population of neurotransmitters operating at a gut level? And we come to find out that, yeah, we, we now know that people with irritable bowel disease or irritation in the gut are significantly more at risk for depression and anxiety. And, uh, you know, we've had words in our language like, you know, you have a gut feeling about something. The truth of the matter is there is now hard science to demonstrate quite clearly about this remarkable communication between the gut and the brain and how we eat and how that shapes that entire population and universe within. So when you talk about communication, do you mean just if we're less stressed or if we eat better food, everything will be better body and mind? Or are you actually saying that what we eat could have something to do with dementia Intelligence. Oh, I'm saying that. I'm saying that directly. Let me give you an example. I'll tell you exactly how it works. For example, what'll happen is if you are creating, let's say, this relentless stress in your life. Well, the hormone that's released under relentless stress is a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol will go via liver and the bile that is produced by the body into your gut, and that cortisol from that stress will provoke a change and an inflammatory process in the stomach that will literally alter the bacterial environment. That will now allow certain organisms that are not in our best interest to flourish. They can release endotoxins that begin to damage the lining of the gut, making it more leaky, where now large molecules and compounds and poisons and toxins can leak into that, directly affecting the nervous system in the gut that will now communicate with the brain, open up pathways in the barrier of blood vessels that separate the blood system from the brain system, and we call that the blood-brain barrier, and that chemistry can get in the brain, altering mood, altering you know everything from anxiety, depression, to cognitive deficits, even in fact, damaging parts of the brain involved in memory and, and so on. But when you're eating in a very healthy manner, and these bacteria that are in our best interests all thrive on the starches that come in in plant-based foods. So when they ferment those foods, they are actually producing vitamins and neurotransmitters themselves, which they will give to us that will travel in our bloodstream to our brains and affect all of the mood behavior that we have. It's an unbelievable process of communication. That is thrilling. Now, you said the S word. You said starches. And I know that I a lot of people in the plant-based world love that word. I know Dr. John McDougall loves that word. But there are a whole lot of people out there. I was just with a friend out in the Midwest who was saying, I don't eat carbs. And oh. help me. <laughs> How can we communicate oh with our friends and loved ones <laughs> that whatever they want to do with their diet, they don't have to be afraid of a carb or a starch? Oh, my God. We, we are carb eaters by nature. Carbohydrates, which are really nothing more than chains of sugar, and the panorama, this cornucopia of all the fruits and vegetables that we are meant to consume, because those are the only things that can take the energy of the sun and turn it into food. So that's the direct energy pathway in the universe for us. But when we eat those carbs, those chains of sugar, what's interesting is there's parts of them that we can't really digest. 
this is kind of intriguing. So when they go into our bodies, the bacteria, the microbes that live within us are capable of fermenting those, those actual fibers from those starches. We'll take all the nutrients from that food. They will ferment those fibers, convert it into what are called short-chain fatty acids, and then nurture the entire lining of our gut, nurture the genetic machinery of the cells of the bowel, nurture, all, I mean, it, it is an unbelievable commensal uh, synergistic symbiotic connection that goes on. It's just a remarkable thing. Those are, and the interesting thing is when you don't eat those foods and you're eating, let's say, more animal-based or whatever, you actually alter the entire diversity of the gut to a situation where there's actually more toxic chemicals produced, um, more byproducts of bacterial production that can promote uh, inflammation and cytokines, these chemicals that are like the red flags that mark where inflammation has to be directed. So we see a whole other dimension of why eating in a vegan plant-based manner is not only important, it is absolutely essential. There is no life not only in our own cells, but there is no life for that teeming garden of bacteria that rely on the starches and the fruits and vegetables that we're consuming for their stability, balance, health, and well-being. And when they're well, we're well. When they're not, we're not. I mean, it, we're, we're connected. This is a connection. And the way that we live and the way that we eat are connected too. So I know that you're interested not just in what we're feeding the gut bacteria but also what we're doing with the stress in our lives. So how do we cope with that? Well, again, look, we, the stress in all of our lives is unavoidable. So it's not so much about the fact that you can live completely stress-free, but what are the ways that you and what behaviors can you engender in your life that allow you to kind of reframe the events that you are overreacting to? I mean, this is a very deep discussion, but the bottom line is, we have the proactive ability within ourselves in this incredible computer that we call the cortex in our heads to literally, you know, reshape and reframe the information that we encounter so that it no longer causes reactivity that is creating danger and harm to us. And that's why techniques that involve anything from prayer to meditation to Tai Chi and yoga and so on have become so important in this modern time because with all of the chatter that we have to constantly be inundated with and overwhelmed by, uh, we need to some, have some period where we step back from that dance where we connect to nature or we connect again to ourselves to that, that heart center, that soul center that we all are, that steps back from the chatter that we're inundated with. And the bottom line is we just need to be more mindful. We need to be able to understand that stress, and I'll say this clearly, is not typically in the events of our lives. It is typically in the perception of those events. So the way that we interpret what we encounter, what we experience, goes a long way to dictating how much of a negative impact those events and situations will have on us. And every one of us has the ability, the power, the wherewithal to really look at things in a different way, to be less reactive, to be more mindful, to release and reduce what the Buddhists like to call monkey mind. And I like that because it is a monkey mind that happens, that scattering, that helter-skelter that sometimes seems to never take a break in our heads. 
And unfortunately, that stuff will age us in ways, and the research is very clear, that the stresses, those chronic stresses of our lives, will age us biologically just about quicker than anything. And there's been a great deal of research on the impact of chronic stress on premature aging. That's amazing. When you talk, Dr. Frank, about this period of stepping back from the chatter, you kind of reminded me of fasting, which is a stepping back from our usual ingestion patterns. So just in our last two and a half minutes, I can't believe it's gone so fast. Just talk about fasting and this uh, current craze of intermittent fasting. How can we use that to our benefit? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because when we talk about fasting, uh, a lot of the physicians uh, that I connect with we talk about water-only fasting, which requires a, a real commitment to not working, to staying completely quiet and restful. And, and that has a remarkable benefit by allowing us to become a little bit more introspective and taking that time to really invest energy to heal ourselves. But not everybody can do that. So this mentality of time-restricted eating, which is really what intermittent fasting is, because it's not a true fast, but what you're doing is you're restricting the eating time to a kind of a circadian rhythm, a rhythm across a 24-hour day, where you're basically taking advantage of the idea that we are really diurnal animals. We shouldn't really be eating in the evening hours, in the dark hours. So you're restricting eating to windows of certain daylight hours, going anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day. And we find that that gives the system a break, but also allows hormones like insulin to really cut back, allows blood sugar levels to uh, drop down a little bit, allows growth hormone to kind of increase and improve a little bit. It kind of enhances the ability of the immune system to respond. So we're fi- And it also promotes a remarkable beneficial metabolic effect for people that are trying to regulate weight and having difficult times with food addictions and food behavior and weight gain that they've had uh, no other way to really solve. So even in our center, we, you know, we serve dinner at 5.30 to 6.30 and breakfast is not till 8.15. So we practice a 14-hour intermittent fast every day with all the guests. And they get to that point where they're really feeling really stable, really wonderful. Weight loss is easier for them without any real struggle. They're eating large amounts of food and starches because this program is not about eating less. It's about eating well and eating abundantly of starches and all these wonderful fruits and vegetables. And so the intermittent fast is a way in the modern age for people that are working and busy where they can reap some benefit of time-restricted eating when they're not able to do something that's a, a little bit more of a yeoman effort in terms of, you know, water-only fasting, which requires absolute rest. I, I just love you, Dr. Frank Sabatino, <laughs> and all your wisdom. And I truly know for myself and I think for any of the listeners who, who really follow you and, and listen to you and, and do these things that you say, we really are going to live better for a really long time and it's so exciting. So you can find Dr. Frank at balanceforlifeflorida.com. He's also on Facebook, uh, Frank Sabatino and Balance for Life Florida, as well as on YouTube and Round and About. And we'll put all that on our show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Thanks so much, Dr. Frank. Everybody else, stay with us. We're going to rewind our body clock.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio, celebrating diversity and inclusivity for Pride Month. We are one. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Iyanla Van Zandt, taken from a Celebrate Your Life event in Phoenix, Arizona. The universe is not going to wait for you. And if you keep talking yourself out of what you're told to do because of your negative self-talk or the crazy you inherited, somebody else is going to pick up on the idea. How many times have you been told to do something and you start figuring out the how? But the philosopher Nietzsche told us if you've got a strong enough what, the how will be provided. The way you do the things that the universe is calling you to do is don't ask how. When you get the instruction, just start moving. Everything else will show up for you. To find a Celebrate Your Life event near you, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. Ready to roll the dice? Check out the new intention dice from Unity. Five dice, different colors, each with words that can prompt you to set an intention for the day. Create an affirmation or journal your thoughts. Roll the green die for abundance and see what comes up. Enriched, worthy, generous. Blue for health. Energetic, whole, radiant. Five dice, limitless possibilities for your life. Find them at unity.org dice. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing. Another is about finding peace in troubled times. And the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, Reverend Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week, you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to the Main Street Vegan program. It is always such a pleasure to be chatting with you this afternoon or whenever you happen to be listening. Thanks for uh, paying attention to our show on all of the various platforms that it's on now. I also want to invite you to check out the website at MainStreetVegan.net where you can subscribe to our newsletter and our blog. This week's blog is What Type of Vegan Are You? Hmm, that's an interesting question. That comes from uh, Dr. Stacy Anderson, who's a wonderful PhD out in California, a very vegan great friend of mine and graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy, which if you are a vegan and want to take your outreach to the professional level, do check us out, MainStreetVegan.net slash academy. We would love to have you here for six magical days in New York City. And you leave as a certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator. What do you think about that? So, oh, I'm going to tell you what I think about our next guest. I think she's absolutely terrific. And what's so interesting is that Today, with having her on the show, I was just looking through a pile of things. You know how you get stuff kind of in a pile and you go through and organize and make everything right. And in the pile is a beautiful coaster from the restaurant where Janie Goddard, who's coming up and I had lunch in London, a place called Wolf and Lamb. They spell Wolf W-U-L-F. And on the back of the coaster, it says fiercely kind food. I love the idea that we eat fiercely kind food. Janie Goddard is one of the world's leading complementary medicine and natural health experts with a special interest in anti-aging, which she likes to call longevity. She is president of the Complementary Medical Association in the UK and a fellow of the Royal Society of Medicine. She has a Master of Science in Mind-Body Medicine and additional study at Harvard Medical School with really the father of meditation for stress release, Herbert Benson. Welcome, Janie Goddard. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. It's such a thrill to be with you. And actually, we were only together just a few weeks ago. I can't believe that we're already speaking again. It's wonderful stuff. Well, it is wonderful. And we actually will be together in person this weekend and Dr. Frank as well at the yeah. National Health Association Conference in Cleveland. So that's, that's right. all sold out. But I always love to give a shout out to the NHA because they do such amazing work. They are the longest standing uh, plant-based health organization in the world. And uh, yeah, so if you don't know Maybe. about nationalhealthassociation.org, do check them out. Yes, they're so, fantastic. Yes, really amazing work. Yeah. Janie, when I met you, and as I have been reading your wonderful book, Rewind Your Body Clock, your story, well, you have a heck of a story. So let's start with that. Okay, of course. Absolutely. Um, well, just to sort of cut a very long, very, very long story short, what actually happened was that I uh, was a ballerina and I obviously was incredibly physically fit at the time. What actually happened was that I 
almost overnight, really, developed rheumatoid arthritis. Now, for the readers who don't know about that, um, it's not just your regular arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a systemic autoimmune condition, which means that not just the joints are affected, but your entire body. So I literally went, Victoria, from being a, a very, very fit and strong ballet dancer to within a matter of weeks, being in a wheelchair and not just in a wheelchair, but completely dependent upon other people for absolutely everything. Now, I'm talking about literally being lifted out of a wheelchair and onto the loo and, and things like that, you know, and into bed and so on. I lost all autonomy. It was really very, very frightening uh, because what happened was that the RA uh, that I had was an incredibly aggressive form. So it wasn't just affecting my joints, it was affecting absolutely everything in my body. What actually happened though was that uh, I sort of bobbled along about like that for a few years and then after a period of immense extra stress, I then ended up going into a massive flare-up whereby my entire body was really under attack by my own immune system and I ended up in hospice care being given two weeks to live. They told me, get your affairs in order, Janie, because this is it. Um, now, the thing is, uh, what I talk about in the book, Victoria, is mindset. And I couldn't really believe what they were telling me. Um, for some reason, it just did not have that ring of truth about it. Now, I appreciate I do come and, and I'm very advantaged by the fact I come from a long history and a long lineage of very strong women who just basically will not be told. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, yes, they'll tell you something and I'll say, okay, let me show you. Um, so I managed to get myself out of that hospice uh, setting, um, clearly when they realized that I was still uh, for this world and, and not about to shuffle off my mortal coil, I got myself out of there and they put me into a very high uh, contact care unit. It was a rehabilitation unit uh, where they thought they might be able to help me with things like physio and so on. But it, you know something? I was locked into a fetal position for over a year, um, so my body did not move for over a year, and that does very strange things to a human body. I'd catabolized and essentially digested all my muscle. I had no muscle left, uh, complete muscle wastage, and so my brain had actually even forgotten how to contact and move my body. So I was literally just this little kind of thing in a bed um, with the only thing working was my brain. So that was a very um, interesting experience. It was probably harder for my loved ones to see all of that happening. For me, it was just all about survival. So what happened? Well, okay. Um, what happened was that, of course, uh, you know, I've been a complementary and complementary medicine and natural healthcare practitioner for over three decades now. So I was using all of my techniques and throwing absolutely everything at getting well. Um, and I was doing what I thought was a healthy diet at the time. You've got to remember, this was back in the 90s, where the wisdom then about healthy eating was, oh, eat your oily fish and have a salad and a glass of red wine, and everything will be fine. That's a healthy diet. Well, of course, you know, with the benefit 
benefit of hindsight, we all know now that that is really very much the wrong thing to do. So what actually happened, strangely enough, was that five of my friends um, who had independently uh, been to Hippocrates uh, Health Institute, all said to me, you've got to go on a raw vegan diet. And so I thought, well, that's a bit strange, you know, sort of like this, you know, the signs were there. I've got five independent people who'd all survived very, very life-threatening conditions independently. Um, and they're all telling me to go to this particular place. I knew nothing about uh, plant-based diets. I knew nothing about veganism, um, which is something that I regret to this day. My only wish about veganism is I'd wish I'd become vegan sooner, not just for health reasons, but of course also for, you know, the ecology perspective, but also so importantly for the, for our animal brothers and sisters. So anyway, I took myself off, did the three-week program, and I'd gone in a, in a wheelchair and was told I had never, ever walked, I would never walk again or even stand again. And then three weeks later, I was up and walking and gone back to my condo on the other side of Florida and was walking three miles a day up and down the beach and doing back-to-back -back Pilates classes. So it was like a complete miracle had happened. Um, and yes, of course, it was the, the nutritional side of things, but also, of course, it was the meditation, it was mindset. And something I've come to learn throughout this entire process is that mindset is such an important component part of the battle for health and well-being from a completely holistic perspective. That is an incredible story. And I heard it, the similar story, different condition, uh, a week ago when I was in my hometown of Kansas City, met a wonderful woman who recovered from, from something also dire at mm. Hippocrates with the raw vegan approach. Now, what we yes. hear so much these days is the whole food plant-based diet uh, with mm -hmm. cooked foods and, and starches. So what's the difference? How do we know right. whether we should be looking at raw or looking at whole food plant-based? Yeah, It's a little confusing. Okay. Well, because I'm a scientist at heart, I come from the perspective of evidence base. So what does the research actually say? Well, you know, when we're dealing with really, really dangerous chronic lifestyle conditions, illnesses, what we what we know from the research and now what is being recommended by the World Health Organization, the American Medical Association, the British Medical Association, the Lancet, British Medical Journal and so on, is that a plant-based diet, um, and they talk about a whole food plant-based diet, now thank goodness, is the way to go because what it does is it quells inflammation and inflammation underpins, as you well know, every single chronic disease. So whether it's cancers, arthritis, autoimmune conditions, heart disease, cardiovascular issues, even the uh, neurological conditions, things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease, there's this common denominator of inflammation. We know that a plant-based diet, whether it's a raw vegan diet or whatever it is, as long as it's a whole food plant-based diet, is incredibly helpful in quelling inflammation. Now, um, in my situation, I think that the raw vegan diet worked incredibly well for me because I 
had to be detoxed from all sorts of things. I mean, I'd had vast amounts of medication over the years while I was dealing with this illness. Um, I'd had, you know, months and months and months of um, opiate treatment with uh, drinking morphine for breakthrough pain and having morphine patches and taking codeine because I'd developed uh, something called methotrexate lung. I was on chemo for five years. So you see, I had a huge burden of toxicity to flush out of my system. And I think that a raw vegan diet really promoted that very, very quickly. In fact, actually, I'm, I'm talking to you from Hippocrates at the moment, funnily enough, and I'm actually sitting here with a lovely mutual friend of ours, Bethany Vinyl, who is uh, very instrumental in another part of my story. Who She's the lady who introduced me to my honey, of course, Dr. Frank, who you well know. So oh, I didn't say that when he was on because I figured that was up to you guys to say. Oh, well, I'm glad you, you did. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, so you know, it, it's such a strange, you know, circle of story. But going back to your question, uh, what actually, you know, the, the, for me, the difference is, so for example, because I live in England, I will do 100% raw throughout the summer. But for me, when it becomes winter time, I find that, you know, adding in a little bit of cooked food, such as potatoes, sweet potatoes, and so on, just gets stabilizes my energy and just gives me that little bit of warmth. I know you can warm up, um, uh, you know, raw foods and so on. I'm a pretty neat um, and pretty handy raw food chef myself. Um, but I do think, uh, for me personally, adding a little bit of um, comfort food, shall we say, over the winter months just for me works absolutely brilliantly. I maintain my uh, remission status. I'm on no medication whatsoever. I jet all over the world. I teach internationally at universities all over the world. My energy levels are through the roof, um, which is totally unheard of in anybody who's experienced the kind of incredibly severe rheumatoid arthritis and other autoimmune diseases and conditions that I've been dealing with. Mm. And I have heard in some of your lectures that when you were dealing with your your incredibly serious illness, that you're, you were 27 was or, or 30, 30 something yes but your biological right. age was in in your 50s 55. and yes that's and right. now if you I think you said you're 54 no I'm 55 now 55 yeah. and your biological age is 27 that's right exactly yes and I maintain that that's the interesting thing it's not a sort of a, a weird blip you know I, I do test on a regular basis and in fact actually I've put a biological age testing uh, tool on my website so people can actually go there and test their own biological age and track their progress as well um, because I think it's really important for us to know that we don't we we can heal things but we can do so much better than just simply healing things we can actually halt chronic disease and other ailments we can also reverse them and in that reversal process we can actually become biologically younger now what that means in real terms of course we can't reverse our chronolo chronological age because our chronological age is the number of times we've been around the sun but we can reverse our biological age which is the age the true age that our bodies and cognitive function and so on actually is in real terms 
I love it. And that website is janiegoddard.org, J-A-Y-N-E-Y-G-O-D-D-A-R-D.O-R-G. And that will, of course, be in the show notes. Fabulous. Thank you. Janie, I I know that you believe that inflammation is really at the core of all disease and uh, perhaps aging as well. You can clarify that. But you have said that inflammation is a body-mind-spirit situation. How so? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. A great question. Um, yes, it is, because we humans are, and all animals, are biological systems. So what that means is that, you know, a lot of people, when I'm talking and teaching and so on, they say, Janie, what's the one thing I can do to get better? And I'm saying, I'm terribly sorry, I'm not your fairy godmother. I wish I had a magic wand, but I don't because there's no one thing in isolation. So to me, wellness, true wellness, true vibrant health and well-being is a holistic process. And because we are holistic systems, our mind is intimately connected with our body. Our body is intimately connected with our minds and so on. You know, we have trillions of gut bacteria that connect intimately, for example, with our brains and our hormonal systems and so on. You cannot divide um, us into separate parts as conventional medicine has done over all these years. Now, don't get me wrong, Victoria, I, do, I don't throw the baby out with the bath water. For example, my, my darling mum is a type one diabetic um, and without conventional medicine, insulin in her case, I wouldn't have a mum. So, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. But unless we get our underlying lifestyle patterns right, which includes mindset and our connection to spirituality in whichever way we perceive that to be, our connection to nature, our connection to friends and, and sociality and so on, um, you know, we're not get, we're missing pieces of the puzzle. The puzzle is a gestalt and that's what we have to realize. And and you do it so well, and you do it beautifully in Rewind Your Body Clock, which is brand new, already a bestseller. People often meet me at places, and they say, I love your podcast, but I spend so much more money on books. Okay, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) This is one more that you were really going to want to immerse yourself in. So um, a wonderful suggestion that I heard in, in one of your talks, I believe, comes from the University of California at Berkeley, and it's a different take on gratitude and how that can help us live well and age well. Can you share that with the listeners? Yes, absolutely. Are you talking about the three things? Yes. Um, Yes. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful technique. Um, So what you do at the end of the day is you get your notepad or write it on your computer, whatever. um, Three things that you have been particularly grateful for in that day. Now, the trick with this to make it really work is that you don't just say, oh, it was a really sunny day today. I'm really grateful for that. But what you'll do is you'll say you'll engage all of your senses. So your sense of smell, your sense of taste, your sense of touch, all of those. Yes, it was a beautiful sunny day today. I felt the sun on my back and I could smell the flowers on the breeze and I could just feel the warmth making my shoulders drop down and I felt free and so on. Engage all of those senses when you write about these three things that you are grateful for. Because by harnessing all of our senses, it 
creates a relationship with our brain and our psyche, which has an, 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 an innate, let's start again, put my teeth back in, an innate connection to our bodies. So you know how the brain cannot distinguish between remembered things and reality. So when we go back and we read all those gratitude things that we've written about, all of that that happened on that day to make you feel grateful and happy and wonderful and gorgeous and lush and lovely all comes back again. So it's like immersing yourself um, in this beautiful, sensory, sensual soup of loveliness. And what that does on a biological level is it produces a an array and a cascade of feel-good and well-being hormones. It's been shown to reduce inflammation and so on. I could go on, and I know that we're on a time scale, but my goodness, it's a powerful, powerful approach. And I'm just going to say sensory soup of loveliness over and over again. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Now, an another very practical tip that I would love for you to share with us. I know you believe that dancing is among all the forms of exercise um, possibly the best. Yes. And that if we dance to a playlist of songs from our teens, yes. we get all sorts of extra benefits. Tell us about that. Okay, I will. Well, look, um, the research shows that the very best form of exercise is ballroom dancing, because you're getting the exercise, obviously, but you're also engaging your cognitive faculties because you're having to learn steps and choreography, but also you're getting a massive longevity, healthy longevity, bang for your buck because of the socialization factor. Now, the research demonstrates that if we have a good social life, it can add up to nine healthy years to our lifespan, which is not to be sniffed at. That is so, so important. Now, the other thing, though, that sort of seeks into all of that is that there's a wonderful immersion technique that shows that, and I, I write about this a lot because I think it's so fascinating, if you go back to your teens, cast your mind back. Who were the bands that you loved when you were a teenager? Who were your pinups? Who did you idolize? Um, and what you'll do is make yourself a playlist of all of that music that you absolutely loved as a teenager, because at that time you were physiologically at your peak. Your levels of human growth hormone were surging. And what that means is that your body was really at its strongest and growing the most muscle, growing, laying down the most bone, and really pushing you into adulthood uh, by making you as healthy as you possibly could be. So by making yourself a playlist of those songs and listening to them, them, but even better, dancing around, well, you know, as best you can, ideally maybe with an audience or perhaps better without one, it rewinds you. It rewinds your body clock um, like you would not believe. I always say to people, add in the sociability side of things and get a bunch of friends around of a similar age, have a rewind party. Just do it. It's hilarious. You can even dress the part if you're that oh. way inclined. <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much fun. I yeah. love it. It's great. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, so as, as our time is winding down, Janie, something that you do that not all of the whole food plant-based health teachers do is that you include the word vegan. Oh, yeah. That this is part of it. So tell yeah. us about that. Well, you know something? Um, 
part and parcel of what I write about, my actual passion in life is love, kindness, and compassion. I'm looking at starting my PhD in on this topic in the autumn. And so what I'm wanting to do is to research into the power of love, kindness, and compassion. To me, um, we're missing a huge part of the, of the picture if we do not emphasize that in our lives. And to me, there is, you know, our human, our, our non-human brothers and sisters are part that they are brothers and sisters. Um, so yes, I, you know, I'm an ethical vegan. I wish I'd come to it far, far earlier in my life, but I'm here now and that's good enough. Um, and yes, I mean, veganism as a concept is where my heart truly lies. Uh, because, you know, if we don't look after our, our brothers and sisters and, and care for them and try to, whatever we can do to put an end to the horrors of any kind of animal abuse and farming, you know, we, we, well, we just, we've just got to do it, Victoria. There's no two ways about it. It's our human duty. Bless you. You know, there is another kind of ism out there. Alongside speciesism, there's ageism. Yes. And you're helping people look and feel younger and enjoy life. But just in our last minute, let's talk about growing older and yes. why it really is the best of life <laughs> for which the first was made. Yeah, absolutely, Victoria. Well, the thing is, with the lifestyle tools that we know and everything that you teach, for example, um, if you take a, a proper, you know, full lifestyle approach, um, as we know, what we can do is we can extend our health span. So that means adding more healthy years to our lifespan. As you know, there's a big problem in developed countries where chronic disease is accelerating. So people are living longer, but they are living more sick over those extended years. So by get by in, by employing uh, lifestyle approaches, um, what we can do is continue to be productive, healthy members of society. But also because we're getting older, we have so much more wisdom to share with our loved ones. Um, so ultimately, what we're doing is we're coming back to uh, you know, the, the wisdom of the grannies, you know, the wisdom of the grandpas. And because we're well and because we're healthy and because we're happy, we're able to disseminate that wisdom. And I think that's so important in society. Oh, and bless you, Janie Goddard, for being such an amazing wisdom disseminator. <laughs> the book you. is Rewind Your Body Clock, The Complete Natural Guide to a Happier, Healthier, Younger You. God bless you. And uh, Dr. Frank Sabatino, you guys are both so great. And I am just hoping that I remember my new outro properly. Let's try <laughs> it and see how I do. Thank and you. that would be to all of my wonderful listeners, be happy, be healthy, be kind, be vegan. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition 
and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.